Hello and welcome to the Centre Pass podcast brought to you by Netball Draft Central. My name is Jared Gardner and I'm joined as always, Taylor Malky, Sophie Taylor, and we've got Steph Smirali back this week after a couple of weeks off. Steph, feeling better now? Uh, taking a couple of weeks off, but some big netball being played since you've been gone. What have you thought of the last couple of weeks? It's been really interesting um, just watching, I think a lot of players are starting to get injured. I think there's been some good netball played. Um, Probably a couple of surprises. A few teams definitely started to struggle a bit this season, dropping probably too many bonus points. And then like the Swifts are just going from strength to strength. Yeah, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. Taylor, Sophie, what did you make of round six? Well, I mean, I was happy with it. <laughs> oh, okay, though. Why were you happy, Sophie? Oh, let me guess, because the Vixens won. I mean, yes. Number one, the Vixens won. They kind of brought back the form that we've seen from them in the first like the first few rounds in particular. Um, but the other thing I was really impressed with, and I've said it before this season, the Swifts just absolutely dominated the Magpies. And I like the Magpies, don't get me wrong, another Melbourne team, but the Swifts were so good that you just can't go past them. I think it was really good to see, for me personally, to see the Firebirds actually show some really good form I mean they were unlucky to in the end for it to be a draw but that first opening half was really exciting yeah it it was a really interesting week the Firebirds as you said the second draw of the season still no wins on the board and two draws so yeah I I don't think that would have ever happened in any professional sporting competition it's it's hard to get two draws before you get a win so it's unlucky for the Firebirds but (laughs) showing some good signs We'll get into the action now, and the first game of the round saw the Vixens defeating the, the Sunshine Coast Lightning 62-52. to 52. Uh, This was one where the Vixens pretty much dominated for the first three quarters, uh, won the first three bonus points, and then the Lightning were able to get the fourth quarter bonus point, but the Vixens just a dominant performance. Well, I was really impressed with the Vixens. I mean, I already said that, but yeah, the Vixens were really good. Like I said before, their defensive pressure has really gone up in the last week. Um, you could see that they've really bounced back after. Obviously, they had um, a draw with the Fever and then a loss last week. So coming back and winning against a side like the Lightning, who have really dominated this season so far, Taylor's looking weirdly at me. <laughs> I'm smiling at you. Fuck sure. off, mate. Um, to, to bounce back and beat a side like Lightning, who we know can be so um, – intense and influential on court they have so many players who can come in and break the game open um to do that and win by 10 goals that's absolutely insane one thing we do have to add is it was Laura Langman's 200th National League game um and one thing that I did have a bit of a chuckle over is that Vixens have ruined the party again um they obviously beat Giants in Kim Green's 200 National League game so for them to do it again I mean they can clearly come out and have that effect on teams and be able to run over them the way that the Swifts have been doing this season. They just haven't been able to put it into um, put it into practice for a few games. So it was good to see them back at their best. I think it's their issue with consistency yet again. Like last year we saw the same thing. They could come out um, and put out a really strong three quarters and then one quarter would be a bit... Uh, less intense they weren't firing on all cylinders and now we're seeing it that they'll play 
a full four quarters, but then the next week they might only play three quarters. So they're not backing it up with the same consistent performance. But I think if they can iron those issues out and really string that all together, they're going to be a dominant side. And we've seen that in the way that their defensive unit of um, Emily Mannix and Joe Weston really worked well together to really shut down Peace Prescovia because she did not have the same influence that we'd seen in the previous weeks. And I think that's credit to the defensive pressure they apply, but also the midcourt pressure from Maloney and Ingalls. You know, they were really shutting down that easy easy access into the goal circle. So the Vixens have plenty to get excited about and fans have plenty to get excited about. It's just finding that consistency that will be the issue. And I was really happy with Mannix as well. Sorry, Steph. Um, I was really happy with Mannix because the thing is she works especially well when the centre court defence is on fire. When that's not firing, she struggles down back because she doesn't have the she's, – she's the last line of defence at the end of the day. She struggles when the defence out in front of her isn't doing their job well. So I think it was real credit to the centre court that actually helped um, really intensify – the, the contest in the goal third because it really put the pressure right on. With that as well, I feel like the Vixens had a really good day across the entire court and the Lightning, they just struggled. Um, yeah. You know, you saw Carla Pretorius was benched. Yeah, and insane. Like, never happens. you would never have picked that. Like, if someone was going to get benched, you would not have thought it would be Pretorius. Um, I mean, if it was someone to be benched in the goal defense like in the goal third for lightning I would have thought it would be Mawaney just because of the amount of penalties she She was was getting very expensive and she gave away a lot of free shots so I and you can't afford to do that against a side like the Vixens who can really take advantage of the shot anywhere in the circle they have so many I mean options feeding and they have a good range both of them can shoot from long range and close range like it's it's a real issue if the uh, the Lightning keep giving those away. Yeah, this is an interesting matchup because it's one we probably, I think a lot of people will expect to see come finals time that these two teams who are, who are so highly regarded around the competition. Uh, you guys spoke about the midcourt for the Vixens and it was probably where they won the match. Renee Ingalls was named player of the match. She had a really good game. Um, I think probably Kate Maloney was really unlucky not not to get player of the match because I thought her the matchup on Laura Langman, I think she out and out won that game and uh, it's unfortunate Langman's 200th but Maloney stepped up to the plate and, and did an awesome job but for for the Vixens it's it's what it's some of the best netball we've seen them play so far this season and against a Lightning side who have been so dominant especially over the last month or so it'd be a real confidence booster for the Vixens to, to win this one. Couldn't agree more but also so, slight off topic. Did Lara Dunkley debut this yes, round? Yes, she did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they they the Vixens essentially emptied their bench in the last quarter. So Inna Marie Venter came on for we never Katie see Thwaites. from yeah. Simone McInnes. Yeah, we never see that. I was actually just about to say like it's very exciting to see that she's finally gone. Hey, I've got bench players that are good. Let's bring them on. <laughs> see, it was only see five five and a half minutes into the fourth quarter. Katie Ann Haney came on, yeah. and then ten and a half minutes into the fourth quarter. Uh, we saw Ina Marie Venter and Lara Dunkley come on. So yeah. five minutes, but it's, getting that exposure to to the top players in Suncorp Super Netball is such gr- such great experience for Lara Dunkley. And the thing is, after watching the Team Girls Cup, we know they have the capacity to do it. We actually have already seen those players out on court. We know what they can do. It's just a matter of the players who have, have the starting positions are so strong where they are that why would you want to take them off? So it's not a matter of... 
called variety. They're not good. It's a matter of the other players are just have have just secured it. So, yeah, it was really good to see Lyra Dunkley get the um call up. Obviously, she went into wing attack, which I mean, I'm I I like her in wing attack. I think I prefer her in center. She's more of a Kate Maloney type or same with like a like you'd say more like a Langman or a or even a JLP in that she's a center wing defense more than yep. a wing attack. But um yeah, for her to come on in the last quarter. The Vixens were losing that last quarter anyway, so I think they were more like, we've won the game, let's just get everyone out there. But, um, yeah, really good to see them just kind of take a chance on the young ones. Yeah, and just to flip it over on the Lightning side of things, uh, a a few interesting combinations they threw around in Mm. their goal circle. Um, They they pretty much made every variation they could. Uh, Kara Conan shooting with Steph Wood, then... Karakonen shooting with Pierce Rascovia, uh, Steph Wood going into wing attack. It, it was really interesting. And and is that more of a Nolan Tarua trying to get a bit of versatility into her players? Or do you think that's more pressure from the Vixens has forced those changes for I the Lightning? I think it was probably more pressure from the Vixens because the Vixens were just so good during this game. And it was really showing in the Lightning. Nothing was working. You have to change something. I was a bit... And uh, Steph Wood can play that wing attack sort of role. Yeah, she's she a plays feeder, a similar yeah. role anyway. But I was a bit surprised because they were really struggling to stop Liz Watson, um, the Lightning. So I was surprised that they didn't move Langman into wing defence because we've seen... Did they do that? No. no. Everyone's looking, okay. No, they brought on Jackie Russell. <laughs> oh, okay, because everyone was looking like, oh, you <laughs> no, idiot. No, I would um, like to see that too. No, because... Okay, so I'll start that again. Um, I would have been... Like, interested to see if they could have moved Laura Langman into wing defence because we've seen that she has the ability to go into that position. And Laura Sherrion last year played centre with Kelsey Brown in wing attack. So to offer that defensive pressure from Langman, that might have helped to have stopped the attacking pressure and the ease in which the Vixens were just penetrating through that attacking third but in the end, like you're saying, like Nolene Tarua showed in the attacking end for them that she wasn't afraid to make the changes. And yeah, it might have been because of the pressure, but she also is that creative coach that sees things that we don't see and, and things like that. And I think Kara Conan's a very exciting prospect for Australian netball because she's a really good shooter and she has proven time and time again that she can come onto the court, do her role and more. Yeah, I think she's she's gotten a really good go at it to start this season. Obviously, Pierce Prescovia didn't start in the first game, but um, they, they've been able to switch it up and whoever's come on has, has really done a good job in that shooting circle for the Lightning. Unfortunately, not able to get the win in this one, but we'll look to bounce back next week. The second game of the round and probably the most exciting, the Firebirds and the Fever played out at a 62-all draw. It was the second draw for both sides in 2019. And... It probably does, it has brought up a bit of conversation about whether there is a need for extra time or we would like to play, we'd just like to play four quarters and play out draws. When the competition's so close, I think I I, I like just calling it a draw. Yeah, Yeah. I'm the same. It's it's a very almost traditional way of looking at it, but like, especially looking at this game in particular, um, they could not be split for 98% of the game. I think the biggest lead was probably two or three goals. It was I, six goals. Oh, six goals. Probably <laughs> early. I watched like chunks of it. I watched mm. the first quarter and last quarter and a chunk of the middle. Um, but regardless of that, it they were – you just couldn't split them. And especially in the dying minutes, I think it seesawed twice maybe where one team had – 
all the momentum, got a few goals up, um, and then the other team was able to fight it back and then get the other like get get all the momentum back themselves. It was just really interesting. So that yeah, I'm kind of like you can't split them during the game, but I don't what, want extra time. That's what the bonus points do essentially. Yeah. Is that they split it up. So, okay, you might have had two really good quarters, the other team had two really good quarters. So, yeah, it might have been a draw or you might have had one good quarter and the other team had three. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, that's the thing that the Firebirds won the first and last quarter. Second quarter was the draw, so no bonus points given out and the Fever win the third quarter. So, Fever come out with three points to, towards the ladder and the Firebirds come out with four. So, I, I think both teams, I think Firebirds would be happier, but um, yeah, still, I mean, they, I, they still haven't got a win on the board in 2019, yeah, which is a bit of a worry. The Firebirds looked really relieved at the end of the game. I don't think they realised – I mean, okay, so I don't know who else would have watched the last, like, probably 30 seconds of the game, but I watched it on my way here. And in the last 30 seconds, the Firebirds had a few opportunities to go to the post and they didn't. Um they kept sharing it around. It was almost as though they thought they were even or up by a goal and just needed to get that one goal up and they'd be good. And so that was really frustrating just watching that. Um, it was kind of like, yeah, Griddle Tip Tippett had a really awesome game. She played so well. But in that last 30 seconds, it was like the old Griddle Tippett was back. She was too scared to go to the post. Um that being said, still a really good game by the Firebirds. And like I said, they looked really relieved at the end of the game. They clearly just wanted anything but a loss. But at the end of the day, draws aren't going to help you make finals. Yeah. I mean, they could be what tips you over the edge in top four, but they still haven't won a game and that's just not enough. Yeah, it's not enough. And I think for the Firebirds going into this match, they were probably expecting to lose. Having yeah. a couple players out, um, probably not at their, you know, they probably didn't feel that they had their strongest team going out on court to come up the fever who did well last week. They've got Courtney Bruce back. Um, they're starting to look really dangerous um, heading towards the rest of the season. And I feel like for them, maybe it was just more of we didn't lose the game. We didn't lose by a lot. At least we've gotten the draw. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, on on a larger scale, it's just not enough to be drawing the matches and not being able to get away with the get away for win. I think it was really good that um, it was good to see Kim Jenner back from her injury. She made her way back onto the court, and I think her and Tara Hinchcliffe need to be commended for the work that they did on Janelle Fowler because it's no mean feat coming up against someone like her and. The two of them, it's not like they have an, a lot of experience and Jenna's just come back from injury, but yet they did really well in confusing the space, attacking the hands, going up for that high aerial ball and attacking the hands of Janelle Fowler. And it's not like they have a lot of experience, but I think, you know, the just the sheer work rate that they did to just push her up high and take Kalia Stanton out of the game as well was really really impressive for the Firebirds. And I mean, they give you something to look forward to. You can see that the two of those, the two defenders have such a bright future. And I think we have to talk about Gabby Simpson because, you know, she was pretty, pretty bloody unlucky to not get selected in the Diamonds. Well, it's interesting. You look at all of the players who missed out on selection. I mean, the players who have been in the Diamonds squad probably over the last year or so, Gabby Simpson... Mannix, um, Maloney. Maloney, those players, I mean, there's probably more that I haven't thought of, 
But those players, even Ravs, Ravs played a pretty, pretty good game. It wasn't amazing, but she played a pretty solid game. Um, those they, players have come out this oh, last weekend and just gone for it. They're like, this is why I was in the team. They're trying to, it's almost like they're making a point of this is why I should have been in. And it's like nothing can be done about it now, but they were all really, really solid. And I think the performance from Gabby Simpson was really, really good too. I think missing out on an opportunity like that, it kind of pushes you to push yourself that little bit extra. Yeah. So I feel like that's what's happened this week. They've really gone, look, yeah, it sucks. It's not my time. But I'm going to just... And, and also, God forbid, <laughs> there's an injury to one of the Diamonds in the lead up to the World Cup. There's, there'll be an extra position coming up and they, 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 there's only going to be one player who will be able to be picked. So it, it's it'll be interesting to see if there are any changes to the Diamond squad before the World Cup, who is that player that comes in and all of these, especially in the midcourt, all of these players have, have got to really stake their claim mm. and make sure they're the next in line if, if something does go wrong with the Diamonds. We hope it doesn't, but um, yeah, they'll, they'll be it'll be an interesting one leading up to the World Cup. Uh, for this one, for me, I think the Firebirds were the better team overall. I agree. Yep. And you look across the list of players. Gretel Tippett was player of the match. She shot thirty-five of thirty-six, so it continues her impressive run uh, of shooting this season. Caitlin Nevins had an absolutely awesome awesome game in wing attack and. I think did a really good job um, getting away from Jesse Anstis. Jesse Anstis does a really good job shutting down wing attacks. And I think Nevins did a good job. And, and you speak about that defensive trio, Simpson, Hinchliffe and, and Jenna yeah. um, did a great job. Janina Fowler shoots 55 of 60, but it, it's, there's only so much you can do to stop her. Pretty much. And I think it's also the fact that they actually just stopped Kalia Stanton. And we know that she's been... Uh, working her way into the game, but it was just the work rate of confusing her and not sh- like not allowing that easy feed into the circle. And, yeah, it was just, I mean, you can't stop Fowler, but they tried their absolute hardest. And I think in the end that's kind of what got them, that got them the draw is that they did enough to at least stop her complete and utter domination under the post. Well, what I really liked is that Jenna's obviously not a particularly um, bulky body mm. when you think about a goalkeeper and then you look at Fowler and she's um quite quite strong and so for Jenna to be able to push Fowler really far back actually she was quite far back on the line that actually doesn't give Fowler any room to go for that lob which means that they have to just keep feeding it around and gives the Firebirds more opportunities to get that loose ball so yeah I was really impressed with what Jenna in particular did a uh, did on Hinchliffe, uh, did on <laughs> what Jenna did on Fowler. Um, Hinchliffe was also really impressive, obviously keeping Stanton out of the game, but she was also contesting a lot of ball in the centre third. And that's something I did want to bring up because there was a lot of whistle in that game, a lot of contact calls. Um, it was a very physical contest. Mm. I think <clears throat> Hinchliffe was the only player who got cautioned and I think she was really unlucky to be cautioned in the first place. Um, she... Just happened to come in late on one um, on one ball in the last quarter, and yeah, she she was the only one who who got the caution. I think it was more of a you all need to calm down. Yeah. I'm just going to call it on this one player so you all understand it. But it was very physical, especially in the second half. Um, players were flying everywhere. I mean. Nevins, Anstis, Stacey Francis were all on the ground multiple times in the one quarter. Like they were all going hard for it. It's just that really tough contest. And I think that's something to expect from both Firebirds and Fever. It's not like we're surprised to see it. But, um, yeah, I 
I think Hinchliffe did a really, really good job and it was kind of tainted by this one little caution she got in the middle. I think if anyone anyone ever tells you netball is not a contact sport, uh, I reckon just <laughs> show them that game because it's a great ad- ad- advertisement for netball and Suncorp Super Netball. It's uh, such a great competition and so many players going so hard at the ball. Uh, we'll move on now to the third game of the round and it was the Swifts 68 defeating the Magpies 62 uh, there's no other words for this Debacle. than utter <laughs> domination from the Swifts because I think this was... It was so good. It was just, mm. yeah, such a, a great game from them and and really just flexing their muscles in this competition in 2019. I refused to watch the game because <laughs> to see a performance like that and just look at the updates and go, oh, we've done it again, it's just... it's. It's just time and time again. The Magpies, I think we've all said this, it's a team of champions, not a champion team. Yeah. Yeah. They've got stars littered right across the court. They've brought in new stars. They've brought in old stars. They've done this. They've done that. But in the end, if you can't work together as a team, there is n- there is no point having a team, a team of champions. You look at the Swifts and they are so cohesive down the court. They, kn- they do the little things right. But in saying that they do the little things right, it just works and they have the confidence in one another to back each other up and to drive hard or to fake here or to do this and to do that. Whereas the magpies, they're very disjointed. And I mean, it's, we're not seeing the same performance we saw in the team girls cup. I just, I don't know what's going on and they struggle away from home. With the magpies, just on the struggling away from home, I think they've only won one or their last eight or something away, but they're just – I feel like if the team was to stay together, maybe they just need a couple of years as a team together. I don't think it, they'll stay together for that long maybe. But yeah. if they were to stay as a team, maybe the connections will start to come. I mean, you I'm look at the like Swifts they and should be there, they've like, been together for years and you can see that when they play. And it's interesting because you earlier in the season we were saying – who is the Swiss star player? And what we didn't realise is that all of them are the star player. Yeah. They, if one, if all of them are on fire, they are They're almost unbeatable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's not to say if one or two players aren't having a good one that they can't still win because you look at the bench they've got and it doesn't look remarkable, but they can all do their job. They all do what they need to do to get the win and... Yeah, it's just so impressive. Even with that, the Swifts still have Haythorn Thwaite oh, to come back in. Yeah. I think, although I don't know where she's going to fit yeah, in. Though. I'm thinking she's almost due to come back. Um, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, I think it's in the next the, week or so. Next or week, something. yeah, something like that. And you just look at the side and you're like, they're that on fire at the moment. Well, I didn't you, even know she would come. You look at Proud and Hadley dominating that wing attack position, and you look at Housby rarely coming off to go. Uh, coming off, that means that there's actually nowhere for Haythorn Thwaite to fit in there. They're probably better off doing what they're doing at the moment with um, Kate Eddy and I think it's Sophie Halpin sharing the wing defence, even though um, Eddy can obviously go into um, the circle as well. Um, What they're doing now with that position is really remarkable. Sharing that wing defence position, you have two players who can really come out and make a difference. I just don't see Haythorn Thwaite fitting into that equation. What really impresses me with the Swifts and I think it's been it's talked about a lot in the commentary and if you watch this game you'll hear it um they just take care of the ball yeah and it's something that I I can't think I can't remember seeing from any other side this season they just 
It's the patience. The, yeah, with they're, it. they're yeah. so patient with the ball coming coming down the court, and they just rarely turn the ball over. And against a side like the Magpies, who have players like Ash Brazel and Jeeva Mentor, who put so much pressure on and love to hunt for those intercepts, they just weren't able to get in, get near the ball. And and it's a credit to the Swifts and and their movement down the court. Um, and I think they had they had. I think uh, Hadley and Proud had one turnover each. Yeah, I think, they they had. Ten contributors. When, whenever, whenever, whoever was on the court at whatever time, just did an awesome job. For the Magpies, there's a lot to talk about. And the first thing I'm going to say, we spoke about they're a team of champions, not a champion team. Well, this also does come back to Rob Wright, in my opinion. Thank because you. Because <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for someone to bring this up, but go to town, Jared, please. Well, the way I look at it, and the the way I like when I watch this game, it just it never looked cohesive. Nope. Yeah. And 100%. I, I look at these players and you bring in Kelsey Brown and Nat Methurst and Shimona Nelson in the off season and three great players in the, in their own rights. I think Shimona Nelson was the best player for the Magpies in this game. I think her hands were stronger than we've ever seen them before. And I think Sarah Cloud did a great job, but Sarah Cloud's job was more intercepting high passes and terrible passes from the midcourt, whereas she tried to attack Shimona Nelson's hands but was hardly able to knock the ball away. Shimona Nelson was taking it really strong. but And then I look at Kelsey Brown and Nat Medhurst. Kelsey Brown had an incredible 2018 season and especially the last month and a half was just something that we never expected from her. Nat Medhurst, we know the job she did at the Fever last season. And... The two I, can't they, work together. That's just, my thing. Well, yeah, well, Kelsey Brown needs a, a goal attack who is going to shoot and who yeah, is yeah. going to allow her to really run the show in terms of feeding the ball into the circle. And Medhurst needs a wing attack who is able to sit back and really just like help her uh, yeah, do the feeding. Yeah. Let because her that's control what she was, the game. Yeah, yeah. so I They're think... They're both playing the same role, just yeah. one of them puts the goals up. And, and that's, what, that's what we said last season. We said it all last season, Nat Medhurst plays as a second wing attack. And I don't think that works with Kelsey Brown. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely confusing. not. It's confusing the space at times, I think. Yeah, yeah when they're, you they're watch, confusing themselves. Like, they're, they're not sure who should go this way, who should go that way. Um, and even back to Rob Wright... The coaches really did not know what to do this match. Yeah. And it was like you're watching them in the timeouts. And I think there was one timeout where the commentators were saying they just sat there and didn't even get up for a little bit because they just looked like they didn't know what to say, even though they'd called a timeout. In a game, I understand you have to have – I mean, in saying this, I, I, in saying I didn't watch the game, I watched snippets of it. But the thing is you you have to be able to talk to your plays in a way that they will understand – you can't talk tactics for the entire time. You have to talk about other things. <laughs> it was a, a real interesting one for the Magpies. They cleared their bench in the second quarter. Yep. Okay, and at one point, were you about to say this? They had Ravs, they had um, April Branley, April Branley, and they had Nat Medhurst on the bench. Yeah, who does what? that? H- halfway through the second uh. quarter, they at that point, that, I think they did a really good job. Early on, the Swifts got out to a, a good lead pretty quickly, but the Magpies are able to rein them in. And at that point in the second quarter, um, the, the Swifts had really gotten on a run and were up by nine goals. So they, the Magpies just needed to do something. I don't know if you bring on, you make all three changes no, at the yeah. one time. Um, 
And that's the next thing is that if you're going to make a change, at least make it progressive. So you're not bringing on half a new court and then it's going to take half as long for them to settle. And then next minute, oh, it's half time. We're going to take them off. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. There's no consistency. Especially bringing on Kimura Poi, who I think did a good job when she was on the court, but she's had three, four days with the squad. Like, exactly. She yeah. hasn't. She I hasn't didn't. been. She hasn't been around. Yeah. She, she just, yeah. yeah. She's. And, well, she's not a silver fern at the moment, but she was last yeah. year. Like, yeah, she's got that experience, but that doesn't mean she can just slot into a team yeah. like that. That's not how it works. She doesn't have the experience with the Magpies side, and I reckon half the Magpies side don't have the experience with each other. Yeah. Because they are still such like we talk about experience. They have so much experience, but. They have no experience with each other. They don't know how to work together. And you can see it on court because it's a mess. Yeah, it's it's very unfortunate state for the Magpies to be in. And we're halfway through the season and they showed promising signs in preseason over the first couple of weeks, but just it's it hasn't gone well over the last month or so. And it'll be interesting to see how they go in the second half of the season because... There's, there's a lot of question marks. The At loss this of, rate, they're not finishing top four. Yeah, and I was going to say the loss of Maddie they're Brown now, must not. have done something because maybe I mean, she was that connection in the midcourt. Mm-hmm. Maybe she was just that something because they look to be missing her leadership and maybe that control in the attacking end. I don't know, but it's just it's struggle street for the Magpies. It's the connections that are missing because Maddie Brown had the experience with Rabs. And, and the experience with Nat with in Nat that thing. The, yep. And she's had her sister, obviously, growing up and, you know. Yeah. You can just see it's the midcourt's falling apart and I think that's where the problem is. Yeah, well, there's too many questions yeah. and, and we don't have the answers and I don't know who has the answers, but I hope they, they find their way to Collingwood uh, pretty quickly because they're going to need something in the second half of the season to really energise them and and if they're going to play finals this year, it's it's looking like a long shot right now. One thing I just want to quickly bring up, we haven't spoken anything about Sam Wallace and Jeeva Mentor. Yeah. Sam yeah. Wallace killed it on Jeeva. Jeeva, I mean, I've said this this season already, I think they've been trying to control Jeeva and stop her from coming out of the circle because she's a hunter and she hasn't been doing yeah. it. Um, yeah, she's still been getting those intercepts, but not to the degree that we've seen in past seasons. And... Um, you yeah, can't you tame a lion. At, <laughs> I mean, you can't, but they have been because she hasn't been doing a lot. And for yeah. Sam Wallace to beat Mentor and move, they moved Jeeva Mentor to the bench. Mm. That doesn't happen. Yeah. That you don't like, why, why would you do that? It I just a, don't understand. It was a weird week to be a goalkeeper, goal defense, because some of them were having really off days against really good opposition. I think it just wasn't expected. I think Sam Wallace is is probably one of the most improved players in the competition Definitely. this season. Mm-hmm. Compared to what she did last season, she had patches where she showed good signs, but was never able to put it together like she has so far this year, and has really been so uh, has been a great sign for the Swifts because we know Helen Housby can turn it on and and really change a game from the goal attack position. But to have Sam Wallace as, as another option is just uh, another string to the bow for for the Swifts. So. They're looking great heading into the second half of the season. We'll move on now to the final game of round six, and it was the Giants 65 defeating the Thunderbirds 54. Uh, complete domination from the Giants, won all four bonus points, and it's starting to, to look pretty good for the Giants. They're starting to get that connection working in the shooting circle. Um, and 
I think they, they've done another great job and, and looking good um, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I thought before this match, I thought the Thunderbirds would get a lot closer to the Giants. However, the Giants just have turned everything on right um, across the court. The first few minutes of the match were pretty scrappy from both sides. There was a lot of back and forth. But once the Giants were settled, they looked solid. They were transitioning from defence into attack pretty seamlessly. And on the other end of the court, the work that the defenders for the Thunderbirds were doing, it's kind of been the story all season. They just can't convert. They can't work the ball down. They they're getting the ball and they're looking around. Well, they get stuck in the way midcourt. Too long. They don't know where to go. Yeah, there's just no options there. And I mean, you've just got to give credit to the Giants' defense in the midcourt because they were just so solid. I mean, and we've seen it this season. That's how you really can shut down the Thunderbirds because their defense is awesome. Their attack is up there. It's getting better, but their midcourt they just cannot convert the goals that they're getting the turnovers from. And, I mean, um, you look at Amy Parmenta. She was named player of the match. She absolutely killed it on Chelsea Pittman. Her best Sunkel Super Nepal match so far. Definitely. And you just look at that kind of pressure, even just putting the pressure on the feeders around the circle. I mean, the more pressure you put on, the more chances you are of actually getting that loose ball or getting a turnover um, causing errors. So for her to just keep putting it on on a, a, an England Rose, no less, hmm. um, it was just a really, really solid match for her. She absolutely killed it. She had, I think, four intercepts to her name and the Thunderbirds had four intercepts for the entire match. Yeah. Especially when you look at how many intercepts the Thunderbirds have been getting for most of their games this season. It's yeah. just absolutely mental. I mean, that's all courtesy of Sterling, I'd say. Well, yeah. partially. Yeah. Partially courtesy of Sterling. And I was really interesting to interesting. I was really interested to see the um fight between Sterling and Caitlin Bassett because you look at the type of player Sterling is and she she likes to body up. She doesn't like to get um particularly contacty or handsy, but she likes to body up on her player. And it was really interesting to see Caitlin Bassett actually move her feet and she was she was staying what? off Sterling because <laughs> yeah. we know that Sterling hunts on players who stand still. Yeah, especially we saw Giants it did their homework week one on Janelle Fowler. Yeah, I think yeah. it was what Sterling wants to do, and she she did an awesome job of it. Bassett probably watched that and said, "I I really mm-hmm. need to move and and get out of the circle and just provide a different option because if she's just going to stand there at the post, then Sterling's going to get an intercept seven or eight times out of ten, I reckon. In and that's, terms of movement. For me, Bassett, this was probably her best match of the season. I was going to say that too, yeah. Easily. She had a point to prove. She, Not only that, but she was <laughs> moving. Like She knew Sterling was going to come for those intercepts and she just went on the court and from the get-go had the upper hand, I felt like. And I think it was a really exciting matchup also between Guskith and Harton. England Rose's teammates, they know each other's game yeah. well. They've played together for a while. But I think Guskith did well. Yeah. But Harton was like, no, I'm here to play. And, you know, she was a real general in that attack end. And she scored her 1,000th uh, Suncorp Super Netball goal. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I better check that. It's not National League. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was really exciting for her. And I think that's credit to the work that she's done. She's really built herself into the game. She's now starting to adapt to that new style that she has to play you know, it's not like how she used to play last year with Susan Pettit. She's now becoming um, 
maybe less of the dominant shooter, but in saying that, she scored more goals than Bassett this week. Well, you just look one, at it, uh, Caitlin yeah. Bassett, 32 or 35, Joe Harton, 33 to 37. I like that from Joe Harton. Mm-hmm. I think 33 to 37 is a good percentage yeah, for her. Very good. Though I would like to see Bassett go up to about 35, maybe up to like 37, 38 yeah. a game. Yeah. Um, and I think they're almost unstoppable if she can get up to that level. Because I mean, if they if the, if she scores 36, 37, Harton scoring 32, 33, 70 goals a game is going to win you basically every game. Pretty much. And I've said it before and I will say it again. I mean, the teams that share the load are the teams that can really win those games. I mean... There'll be occasions, like you'll look at the Fowler-type situation where she'll uh, shoot the bulk of the goals. But once she's got players on top of her, what does the goal attack do? They can't carry the load. And so my thing is you have to have two goalers that can put the shots up. And to see the Giants, both of them, I mean, both of them traditional goal shooters and both of them putting up a similar volume of goals, that's massive and could be really damaging to teams in the later half of the season. So someone at the Magpies might have to take a note of that, I reckon. Oh. Getting, getting another shooter who can... I think, I think, I think honestly, I think... I will go back to the Magpies, but I think Nat Medhurst really needs to shoot more. Yeah. Agree and more. I think you look at the Giants and look what they've been doing over the last two seasons and, and this season uh, over the last couple of weeks, two shooters, I think, works. It's the same yeah. with the Swifts and it's the same with the Vixens. They have two shooters that are both... Firebirds as well, even though they haven't won yeah. games when Ramalda Aiken's in. She's able to put up shots. Griddle Tippett's putting yeah. up 35 mm-hmm. a game. It's, it's it's a we don't the Magpies don't have the caliber to do what the the Fever did. They don't have Janelle Fowler. Yeah. So you can't adopt the same mindset, the same game plan. But I think yeah, two shooters. They are, if they can both go to post, and you can't pick. Oh, I'm just going to stick back on the yeah. goal shooter because the goal attack's just going to burn you. And yeah. the thing about Joe Harton as well is she's. A traditional shooter in that she moves that way, but she's not a traditional goal shooter in the long bombs. And that's what she takes advantage of. And she was really good with that um, in this game as well. Obviously, um, being on the upper, like having the upper hand, being in the lead, she's more um, willing to take more willing to take those long bombs. But to see her go for those, the confidence is up there. Um, Yeah, they could be really dangerous if they keep this up. Yeah, it was... Speaking of, just quickly, the long bombs and stuff, just in this match in particular, as much credit as we're giving to the shooters, can't forget what Manua and Pullman were doing down there. Um, They were confusing that space so, so well. Like, the attackers for the Thunderbirds just had absolutely no idea where to pass the ball. Yeah, I think early on in the season, it was the midcourt that was the question mark for the Giants, and I think... Parmenter and JLP have done a great job over the last month to really settle in. And I think they've found their positions and they'll rock with that for the rest of the season and do a great job. Defense is probably the one area now where if I had to question the Giants, it's there. But Manua and Pullman did an awesome job on the weekend and restricting restricting Maria Falau and Sasha Glasgow to 54 goals between them is, is an incredible effort. And uh, it'll go a long way to stopping some of the the more potent attacks come the end of the the end of the season. Uh, we'll move on to round seven now, and the games coming up, uh, some big ones in terms of ladder position and just some teams that really need wins. Uh, the first game of the round, the Thunderbirds and the Lightning. I don't I don't think the Lightning lose uh, in round six, but. I think that they're just going to be way too good for the Thunderbirds. I can't see this going well for for Adelaide at all. 
Yeah. yeah, I agree. I just don't see Thunderbirds going too well. I don't want to say that because we know they can still play a good game yeah. even when they lose. But um, I think, I mean, I say it every week, Sterling on whoever she's coming up against will be a big game. Sterling on Proscovia will be really interesting, mm-hmm. even if it's Sterling on um, Kara Conan. Um, yeah, be very interesting matchups across the court. But yeah. I reckon Lightning have it in the bag. I'm most looking forward to the matchup between Pretorius and Maria Falau because I think that would be a very interesting game because Pretorius, we know, hunts the ball and is like very quick off the mark, whereas Falau is more that casual, I'll drive when I have to, but she's got that casual game style about it, but yet mm. she's so damaging under the and post. Yes, yeah, she'll shoot from anywhere. Um, Pretorius goes out to get an intercept, mistimes it, Falau's going to get a goal in nine times out of ten yeah. from wherever she grabs that ball. Yeah, and I think Pretorius will be out to prove something after being beaten pretty convincingly yeah. in, in round six. Uh, the second game of round seven, the Fever and the Giants. Uh, put you on, all on the spot. Quick tip. Draw. <laughs> draw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, but really, though, I, I would I, – okay, I would like to see a draw. But um, I think it will come down to the midcourt battle – um, and I reckon Giants might just pip it. I think I think they've been going really well. It'd just be really interesting to see Pullman and Manua on um on Janelle Fowler. That scares that's, me. If I'm a Giants yeah, fan, that yeah, scares me. Yeah. That's what I was just about to say because the thing is, we know that Manua will have to drop back onto Fowler, but the height difference she doesn't have yeah. the height, is yeah. significant. So she's really not going to be able to offer a lot. Yes, she is quite aerial, but she's going to have to jump real high yeah. to try and get anywhere mm-hmm. near that. And we know that Stanton will hopefully be trying to inject herself more into the game. But for me, I think it might be the fever. I don't know. I'm just going fever on the fact that the Giants will have to shut down that midcourt, find a way to stop Fowler. Yeah. But the fever also have Courtney Bruce down the back. And yep. for me, I can, I can see her probably picking up a few intercepts during the game. Yeah. Um, being so familiar with Caitlin Bassett, especially. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm going to say Fever as well, but it's going to be a very close game. Uh, third game of the round, Firebirds and Swifts, top versus bottom on the ladder. Um, and It just doesn't sound right, yeah. saying Swifts yeah. are top and Firebirds <laughs> bottom. just doesn't make sense to me. Um, uh, Swifts will be, I, I think, just way too good. Yeah, I agree. Swifts have just been so – I think it's just the – cleanliness of their play at the moment um firebirds have had a scrappy season swifts are just gonna do it i'm i'm kind of excited to see whether the firebirds can bring that defensive pressure that they applied in the game last round because the connection between jenna and hinchliff is growing and if they are able to apply that pressure on wallace we know that wallace isn't doesn't necessarily like the physicality and so if they can kind of get her off guard early, they it might go a long way in helping to unsettle them. But in saying that, the Swifts are just too solid across the court. They are the connections are real really good and I think that it should be the Swifts. But I, I am hoping that the Firebirds put out a really, really strong effort. Oh, actually, side note, it would be really exciting to see who how they control Gretel Tippett. Yeah. Because Maddie Turner it does not necessarily have the speed and the athleticism and the physicality to go with Gretel Tippett. And it's the same with Kate Eddy and even Sarah Cloud. They aren't that 
they are more um, traditional types of defenders and they don't uh, don't necessarily go with the physicality. They're more they're a lot cleaner. Mm. So that'll be an exciting matchup. I feel like with that, you would have to, depending on how the match is going, I would even half time just swap positions around down the back end, just mm. to see if one of them works better against Tippett than the other. Um, I would say the Swifts as well, though. Yeah, should I, I, be should be an easier win for them, but if the Firebirds managed to get ahead, then they could probably challenge. They'd be hoping. I think they, it would they, be they could actually get in front. If don't, they don't were get another able, draw. yeah, <laughs> if they were able to get in front, just because their defensive pressure is really good and the really physical type of play, I think, mm. isn't something that some of the Swifts are as comfortable with on court, and it exactly. could shake them up. Yeah, but I just can't see the Swifts dropping at the moment. Uh, the final game of the round is the Vixens against the Magpies, the first Melbourne derby of the season. I can't see this going well for the Magpies. I mean, I've got this in our notes. If the Vixens play like they did on Saturday and the Magpies play like, like they did on Sunday, the Vixens have it in the bag. They were just too controlled down the court. Obviously, we've spoken about how the Magpies just ha- don't have the connection there. And when you look at the um, Vixens, and a lot of them have been playing together for a while. Like, they have the big names and they have the connection on court. I think, yeah, if Vixens continue the same vein as last round, they've got it easily. It's a big game for Caitlin Thwaites up against her old <sighs> old side. Go, so Katie. I think the Magpies definitely have a point to prove because – the thing is, they've shown moments and glimpses where you're like, wow, look at them go. And then the next minute, you're just like, oh, I wish I didn't see that. Mm. So I think it's going to be, I think it'll be closer than we expect. But I, I think yeah. that the Vixens should o- run over the top of them given their recent form. But then again, the Magpies have a good record at home. It's possible. It's one that's really intriguing me. Um, just because I think. Just going off everything, it should be the Vixens. But the Magpies, it's hard to ignore the fact that when they're on, they're a good team. Yeah. And if the Vixens aren't at their best, then it will definitely, the Magpies will find a way to exploit that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so there's a lot of questions over that one, and that'll be a real interesting match. It's on Monday on Queen's birthday uh, before the Marvel vs. Collingwood game at the MCG. So it'll be a a very interesting one. Uh, now our team of the week for round six. Uh, this is a bit of a different team of the week to what we've seen so far in 2019. Uh, well, we've in, got a few first timers. Yeah, a few first timers, and yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting one. Uh, goalkeeper, we've gone with Sarah Clow, backed up her diamond selection in the best way possible, and she did a great job. Um, as I said. When we reviewed the game, I I think she did a good job on Shaman and Nelson overall, but her best work was when she was hunting for intercepts and, and picking off the passes from from the midcourt of the Magpies. Uh, in goal defence, this was our poll for the week. So do go follow us at Centre Pass Pod, and every Tuesday we'll put up a poll uh, for the final position in our team of the week. This week we couldn't decide between a few goal defences, and it was Christiana Manua who who won the poll and. And as we spoke about before, did a great job for the Giants and and really helped propel them to victory. In wing defence, another Giant, Amy Parmenter. We spoke about her as well during uh, the Giants game. And yeah, her her best Suncorp Super Netball game so far did did an awesome job. 
by far. She was really good for the Giants and I think we spoke about it before, but it was just her work and I think also she's growing in confidence with yep. each game and you can really see that and you can see that the Giants are becoming more comfortable with her and she's becoming more comfortable with them to let the ball go and when to go for that intercept or try and get that deflection. So I think it was a really like breakout game for her. Yeah, and, and did an awesome job in centre. We've gone with Kate Maloney. I uh, think she was the standout centre of the week. The only probably possible one, um, Hadley, was probably the next mm-hmm. best centre. But, yeah, Maloney just did an awesome job for the Vixens. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I mean, love Kate Maloney. I think she's fantastic. And I think at the end of the day, she beat Laura Langman on the day. Langman just did not have it in her. Um, and Maloney, again, I'm, I mentioned earlier the, the mid-court pressure from the Vixens. I mean, it was almost like Ingalls put the pressure on hard – so that Maloney could just concentrate on Langman. And so I think she just completely won that battle and she was exceptional queen. Yeah, and in wing attack, I think it's I think it's another first time. I don't think she made a team of the week don't think all so. of last season. Caitlin Nevins, uh, this was a hard one to pick because Liz Watson did a great job. Maddie Proud did an awesome job, but we've gone with Nevins and a good signs for the Firebirds because I think she had – her best match of the season, her best match in probably two years, I reckon. Um, and to go with her in goal attack, we're going with another firebird, Griddle Tippett. Dynamic um, duo. Yeah, she she's <laughs> just had, as we've said so many times, an awesome start to the season. And 35 or 36 um, is a bit down on, on a few weeks ago. Yeah. She was shooting 40, 40 goals a game. But What's she doing? 30, Slacking off. 35 or 36 is, is another great effort. And and I just kind of hope the Firebirds can get a couple of wins on the board for her and Nevins who are putting in so, so much effort and Gabby Simpson as well, yeah. the Firebirds. Some they're reward deser- for effort. Yeah, they're deserving of wins and I hope they, they come very soon for, for them. In goal shooter, uh, Sam Wallace, we've gone with. She was amazing against the Magpies and, and as you said, defence chief and mentor is, is an awesome effort. Massive. Yeah. Uh, our subs for this week, we've gone in defence, we've gone with Courtney Bruce. In midcourt, we've gone with Maddie Proud. And in attack, we've gone with Tegan Phillip. Those three, very unlucky to miss out on spots in the starting seven. But uh, Tegan Phillip, one I will talk about specifically, um, she got Carl Pretorius bench. Pretorius to the bench. Who is, yeah. I'd say, the best goal defence in the world. Oh, 100%. Oh, hands down. Uh, yeah, there's... There's not much else you can say because if if you're doing a good enough job that Nolan Taru is is forced to bench Carla Pretorius, um, very unlucky to miss out on the starting spot. But Gretel Tip at 35 or 36 just gets the job done. While we're just on the team of the week, I feel like we just need to take a moment as well just to celebrate Liz Ellis on those drums. Oh, Two yes. Yeah. And the Thunderbirds. Oh, yeah. gosh. Oh, no. so it was there was a cheerleader position on our team. So like it's Liz Alice this week. I think she did a, a great job on the it's drums. It's been harped on about it, but if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. I don't know why people complain about it. It was brilliant. It was, it was it's just, yeah, good to have a bit of fun, and, and I think it, it was awesome to see. Um, just before we finish off, we did speak about the Diamonds last week before the team was selected. Uh, the team has now been officially announced. Um, as we spoke about it last week, we were going off a Sydney Morning Herald article that had a leaked team and we did find out that that leak was true. Uh, what do you guys think about, we've had a week to kind of, uh, to, to, to look at the diamond squad that will be going to the Nepal World Cup in July. What do you guys think about the players who were selected and their performances this week? We've uh, got a strong side. 
I'm sure. worried about the mid court. Um, I'm yeah. I would that would be my only concern. But I can see why the selectors have picked every single player that they have. It's my biggest concern, if I'm perfectly honest, because we do not actually have a designated centre. Yeah, they are all makeshift centres. None of them are official starting centres that you're like, bang. I'd say Hadley. Mm, now. Yeah. Now she is. But she went all last season playing wing attack. Yeah. And this is my biggest concern is that I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited because we have great depth. We've got, you know, some young players. We've got some returning players. And then I'm like, the midcourt is what's going to either make us or break us. Because yeah. you look mm-hmm. at it and you go, Kelsey Brown, stellar season last season, average this season. Paige Hadley, really good this season. Meh. You know, last season she was good. She was building form. Mm. But, you know, she's got a lot to prove. JLP, really exciting prospect. Um, so she'd probably, you'd imagine, go straight into the wing wing defence position. Yeah. Mm. And then Liz Watson, absolute gun. We're not, we're not denying. Vice captain, yeah, she's. Yeah, not denying that at all. But my just my concern is who do we start in centre because you take Liz Watson out of wing attack and she loses that dynamic movement and that just that amazing feeding ability because she has to do so much more running she has to do so much more work. Kelsey Brown is the same, you know. JLP is the same. Hadley, Hadley, I'm I'm imagining would be more likely to play centre, but yeah. does she start? I, I think starting. I would starting, think you have to at the moment, though. I don't know. Unless I, I, Watson like, starts in centre. Yeah, I, my option is Liz Watson in centre and Kelsey yeah. Brandon wing attack. Just gives me serious but anxiety. I don't know if Watson me can play centre for four whole, quarters yeah. throughout a competition where you're playing exactly. day in, day out. And, like, when you think about it, okay, you've got someone like, if we progress, you've got someone like Laura Langman. You've got someone like Serena Guthrie. These two players can run all day all night, yeah. 24-7, just on repeat. And you've seen the work that they do. You've seen their ability to be such attacking but yet defensive-minded centres. And I think that's the thing that we're going to lack is that that switch between them because we've either got three very – like we've either got two very attacking or two very defensive-minded. We don't have both it's merged into one. Maybe – you need versatility in a World Cup squad. Couldn't um, agree more. Hands down. But have they been too worried about versatility maybe? Yeah, I think that. I mean, you even look at the goaling end. That's we know not versatile. S- no, but I'm saying they could have actually had more defensive centre players because at the moment they've only got um, JLP who's – this, who could exactly. be a starting wing defence. And that's, that's my Branley, biggest concern. Branley and Weston both have the ability to go into wing defence. I see Branley getting more of a starting position in goal yep. defence at the moment. Mm-hmm. But um, you look at Steph Wood. Steph Wood can go into wing attack. She knows where to place the ball. Well, you, I don't think we'd see it, but that would have been an option if that, they were to think of bringing a wing defence in. What that about was Gabby Simpson? Well, th- <laughs> just on that Steph Wood thing, that was an interesting thing I, I noticed in round six. Nolly Tarua, coach of the Silver mm. Ferns, mm. bringing, putting Steph Wood into wing attack, yeah. she's out, which is something she's that us we, ne- we never know could be a thing that happens for the yeah. Diamonds come July. Well, at the well, end of the day, every goal attack can play wing attack. You're doing the exact same thing. You're just not inside the circle. Yeah. And so, uh, and my thing with goal attack as well, and I say this when I'm coaching, a a good goal attack can play wing attack easily because they know exactly where to place the mm. ball to yeah. advantage. And so 
I think we would have been smarter to bring in either a designated centre or another player who can play or start in wing defence because Steph Wood is always an option to come out into wing attack. Yeah. So we've we've almost lost some of the some we've of the lost, movement in the centre court because we've, lost we've been centre. too specific about the versatility. Uh, that's yeah. It's just that I think is going to be the thing that kills us. That will be our Achilles heel. If I I mean. Please, I am so happy to be pleasantly surprised <laughs> by this. But it's just that centre position and even the wing defence position that I'm like, oof, this is this is giving me anxiety because we have attacking options and, you know, we've seen that Gretel Tippett can go into goal, uh, goal shooter if she has to and Steph Wood could go into goal attack or, you know, we have options shooting-wise. We have options defensively as well. It's just going to be that midcourt that's going to be like, yeah. I think one thing we haven't really taken into consideration, though, is the fact that because we have a few players who can rotate through centre, we might not see them play full games because mm. they can just swap. Yeah. We could – I mean, but that does lose some of the consistency. So there's that. But you could see, especially in the early games, um, I think our first three um, matches are relatively low in terms of our world – International rankings. International yeah. rankings, that's what I mean, yeah. Um you could see them trying out um, combinations. I think that would be a good idea for it. Obviously, like we said, we have Watson, Hadley and Price who can go into centre. It's just about who takes the wing defence. Um, chances are Kelsey would take the wing attack. So I can see them doing a lot of rotations in the first few games. But then once you get up to the games against, obviously England are an absolute powerhouse. Oh, New yeah. Zealand have a really mm-hmm. strong team. Yep. Um, Jamaica will be interesting. South Africa, um, obviously, Australia has been really solid over South Africa recently, but they've got a really good team building. So it's just once we're going to be fine with the easier games. But once we get up to those higher level games, that's going to be the real challenge. The thing as well, I think it's easy for us to sit here and say we're concerned this, that we don't know what's going on behind the closed doors. We can be concerned about it, but I think we've still got to remain optimistic that, look, the people that are selecting these players are doing it for a reason. Um, I don't think we probably shouldn't be putting too much pressure on it already. Um, it's like, you know, players, everyone's got a phone. I'm sure they see the comments online and that sort of thing. I think, as yeah, we can be concerned, but you don't want to be putting too much negativity out there because it's easy to say it doesn't have an effect on people, but it does. And, but- and also the 12 players that were selected all deserve to be selected. Couldn't agree. There's yeah. no doubt about that. It's the players who have missed out on yeah. selection well, who that's, also deserve well, that's, it. That's the big, <laughs> yeah. the big thing is it's the players that have missed out. So people have to remember that you can want your favourite player to, to be selected and they may have just missed out. But also look at the 12 players who were selected and they all 100% deserve to be there and they will give absolutely everything they have when they put that dress on. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I, I mean... You, you see it all the time. I mean, we saw it with JLP in the quad series, um, even in Jan. Um, she took the court and it was like she just slotted in yeah. seamlessly. She was the one of the most inexperienced on the court, but she was still able to make a difference. And I think we just, yeah, need to think of that and think of how even being on the world stage, people, like players are going to take it up a notch. That's how it, that, well, it's not how it works, but you're playing for your country. You want to... You yeah. want to put your best foot forward. Kelsey Brown's one, I think, who ups it on an international stage as well. Turns it on. Yes, she hasn't had the best start to the season. The Magpies haven't had the best start to the season. 
But she's one of those players that I think when the time and the pressure's there, she will step up. I also think she's a different player in terms of the structure of the of the Diamonds compared to the Magpies. I know I spoke about it a lot um, reviewing the game, but just with the goal attacks and the shooters that she's going to have, uh, I think it'll be a completely different Kelsey Brown come July. There's no denying it. Like There is plenty of excitement. There is plenty of talent we have and I think the thing is like we're all just we expect so much and we want so much because we know we have the world's best players we know that we host the world's best competition and we just want to make sure that you know what we're still burning from that loss last year and we want to win it this year so I think everyone's just like their emotions are intensified and I think we do have a strong team. Don't get me wrong. I know yeah. I went on a rant, but we <laughs> do have a strong team and there is so much talent there. And so much like potential there as well. Mm. Exactly. And it's a, a f- team for the future. Well, the one thing that I didn't understand looking at all the chat on social media, people talking about the experience compared to the Roses, compared to the Silver Ferns, this was always going to be a less experienced squad yeah. because yeah. of the retirements we've had in the last 18 months. You lose Laura Gatch, you lose Shiny Layton. Okay, don't There's bring up that. No, <laughs> no, no Matty Brown, no Nat Medhurst, some of these players who have played so many matches for the Diamonds in, in previous years. But we even, were, This was always going to be a less experienced squad. Definitely. And even with that, Australia doesn't play the same amount of international test games against other countries as some of the other countries do. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I, so obviously some of the other players in the other teams are going to rack up the test, the test matches a lot quicker than some of our players would who started into the international side around the same time. Yeah, and also I think a lot of those, a lot of other countries, their teams have been set in stone for a while and it's been the same players going to every international yeah. competition, yeah. whereas the Aussies, we it's, have been, the competition. it's been, yeah. there's been a lot of depth a lot for, of for, the, for a, a long time now. Yeah. Where So it's, it's a lot of different players getting goes and... And I think, yeah, I think that the team that's been selected is going to do a good job come the World Cup. I think the youthfulness of the side will also be helpful that this will sound like harsh, but they'll be able to freshen up quicker. Yeah. They're not, yeah. they won't have those tired legs as older players. And I mean, older players, I'm not having to go at them. They're great. They are what makes our sport so exciting yeah, and are veterans of the yeah. game. And, you know, they just offer so much, but... The, the younger ones also, they've got so much more potential. They've also got like that point to prove that, you know, I'm, I've I deserve earned to my be spot. Here. I, yeah. I've got this talent. I can do this and I can do that. So, I mean, there is a lot to look forward to with this Diamond squad. I think on a whole, it's going to be a really close World Cup. If I had to put, like, say who I think would win it at the moment, I'd be going England again. It's, yeah, well, um, and I just Tracy, love England's Tracy squad. Neville's going to be her last time coaching. Yeah, they're going to want to do it as well. On home soil, soil. there's going to be a lot Um, of emotion going into it for England. So, But there's fire in the belly for Australia because they claim victory on our home soil. Now it's our turn to take it back from them and just go, no, not in here. And you can't rule out New Zealand either, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. At the moment, they've got a strong strong squad, good coach, amazing coach. coach. Everyone's, Yeah. yeah, amazing coach. Everyone's probably not so worried about them this year compared to previous years. Oh, no. That surprised everyone. I thought they were very clever in the quad series and um, the... Constellation. The Constellation Cup because 
I don't think we realised it at the time, but they were they were sorting out their options. They were. Uh, we were going, oh, why are they creating so many um, different options mm. in the circle? Why are they switching this up? No, they were doing it in preparation for the World yeah. Cup. They were very clever with it. They switched around so many players. They made sure they had all these different connections in the circle, um, even defensively. And they have it sorted. I'm really interested to see them. Yeah, well, the World Cup is still a couple of weeks away and, and I think everyone's very excited for it. It's going to be an absolutely awesome tournament. Uh, that is all we have time for this week on the Centre Pass podcast. Do go to netball.draftcentral.com for more netball news and reviews. And we will speak to you next week.